0: Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 474 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. I'm not doing the vroom vroom. Um, I'm Todd, along with Joe. How are we doing today, Joe?
1: I'm doing good. Uh, you know, everybody else does the vroom vroom. And when I listen to everybody else's podcasts and I hear them not only mention it, but play the little sting, mm-hmm. it makes me happy.
0: Ah, they play uh, Kabuki? Kabuki guy? They, Kabuki sting? Yeah, the little sting. Oh, little sting. I I can imagine having like a, a small person in, in sting makeup. That would be cool.
1: That's what they used to call his... Uh, That's what Sting used to call his fans, Little Stingers. Ah,
0: good for him. Good for him. So, how are you doing today, Joe?
1: I'm doing good. Uh, Ready to record some podcasts, talking about some comic book stuff. I tell you, when you do a bunch of stuff, it makes it feel like the time in between recording shows, even though it has just been seven days, makes it feel like it's been forever since we did the show. Uh,
0: That's because you miss me. That's what it is. Yes. Right. Well, this is what we have on the show. Something I wouldn't know anything about. People having trouble getting their art off of certain artists. Um, sh- A certain show. Let's see. How can I put this so I don't get Joe's dander up? That they're not making any new episodes of? Also, we've got some bat news. That's bad news, not bad
1: news. Mm, uh, I, and I'm picking up what you're putting down.
0: Right. And also... it. A certain comic book maxi series might actually strike 12. That's all I'm going to say. We have con news, free digital books and sales. What we read last week, which was The Swamp Thing Giant number one and Criminal number eight. What we're looking forward to this week, I believe I have a few Todd's Art Attacks to sprinkle in. And at the end, we'll have spoiler filled talk of Flash with a splash of
1: arrow. It was Criminal number nine.
0: Oh, I thought it was criminal number eight. No, sir. All right, you're correct. I apologize. It's number nine.
1: That's quite all right. I want to wait till you're done.
0: Yeah, I was on a roll, baby. Like butter. But go ahead.
1: All right, so news this week. Uh, January solicitations are out. Let's talk about those. Mm -hmm. We were informed over the summer that Tom King was not being allowed to finish his Batman story up to 100, which originally was supposed to be. And there was going to be a 12 issue maxi series called Batman Catwoman. That was going to come out uh, beginning of 2020. Uh, He was going to be able to finish his story there. We talked about it at great length. January solicitations came out and we got nothing.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, So Tom King put up on Twitter that they decided to go big Uh, With this, of course, uh, when they started doing it, they felt it was on the uh, level of the previous Mr. Miracle or Vision stuff that he has done in the past, uh, but in the world of Batman. So they were going to do it as normal 22 pages. Uh, Then they decided that, no, maybe it should be just like all one thing with guest uh, guest art or it was going to be with guest artists to fill things in. And Clayman said, no, no, no um the scripts are in they're being drawn no definitive date it is pushed back but now i guess it's becoming more and more unclear of where this fits in
0: i think there's trouble at the old dc ranch joe
1: yes uh there's a lot of rumor and innuendo going on that we're not going to discuss here because right now it is just rumor and innuendo we try to deal in as much as cold hard facts as we possibly can Mm -hmm. when we do this show um but this being delayed i'm not sure what has me worried more this being delayed or tom king already getting out in front of it and putting it on the level of mr miracle or vision
0: that's that's a big mistake in my eyes either way like you're talking about eisner award winning or whatever awards they did win and I don't know. You're just, you, you basically just put it as if I was going to be the guy who was going to like just, uh, be a spin doctor on this, I would have been like, yeah, we're going to up the pages maybe. And now we want the same artist on everything. So we need a little more time to get, you know, a run at it. Like, as you're always talking about, Joe, like, why can't they wait to solicit it until they have a few issues, you know, in the can yep. or whatever. So uh, like, that's the way I would go with it but to like put it on par with your award-winning stuff like you got to be careful, you know? You don't want to set the bar too high. But I, like I said, I don't know. I think something really weird's going on at DC. Um though like you said, I don't want to I don't want to be one of them rumor mongers, so
1: but we as a consumer are going to invariably rate it against mm-hmm. his other work. But for him to come out and tell us that it's going to be just like his other work but in the world of Batman, uh, see, I wonder maybe setting an unrealistic goal. Unless, that even he, Tom King, a good writer, may not be able to set.
0: Right, unless we're misreading what he means, I'd have to go back and look. And like we said, how many pages Vision and uh, Mister Miracle were. And what he like what was going on, like that kind of stuff. If he's trying to say, I'm trying to do it in the feel of the 12 issues, which has a beginning and an end, and maybe not so much tie it to the bat, like you feel like you have to have read the Batman. It's a standalone. Do you know what I mean? It's all in what he means by it's going to be like those, if it makes any sense. Because we're reading into it that it's going to be of that quality. It's going to be that amazing in the Batman world. Or could it just be. You know, it's a standalone story. I need extra time to get, you know, the artist in line, whatever. I don't know.
1: Right. Well, let me, you know, the exact quote is, we decided to go big. While working on the initial issues, Clay and I started to realize we may have something good here. A Mr. Miracle or Vision in the world of Batman. An attempt to do what Frank Miller did with Dark Knight Returns. A defining of the character. But to accomplish something that ambition... Requires a minimizing of compromises. Dark Knight Returns did not have fill-in issues. So Clay offered to do the whole thing um, at 22 pages per issue. He'd need time. Um, when the best artist in comics says, let's do it right, you don't say no.
0: Ah, Well, at least he didn't compare it to Batman Year One.
1: Okay. and And see, that's the weird thing in my head... Is that I'm okay with him comparing it to Dark Knight Returns, but I'm not okay with him comparing it to his own work.
0: See, like, that's a road to go down with me is I think Batman Dark Knight Returns does not hold up the way people think it does. I think that's probably, like, one of those that people put up on the pedestal that's the weakest uh, but putting it, comparing it, so I'm okay with that, but like you said, comparing it to Vision or Mr. Miracle, which I really enjoyed and I thought they were amazing, I'm with you for for different reasons. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. It's one of those, like we always say, the and you said it earlier, the fans will decide where it stands in the pantheon of great comic book classics or even great Batman classics.
1: Right, and... I like Dark Knight Returns, but I wouldn't even put Dark Knight Returns in my top 10 Batman stories of all time. Hmm. It's good, but I wouldn't say hmm. it's over... It definitely is... See, I hate using the word overrated.
0: Oh, it sends people when you use overrated, even though people don't understand what the word overrated means.
1: Right. It's It is very influential. Oh, yes. And I think its influence might be part of its downfall the fact that that may have been so many people's first batman and maybe the only batman story that they ever read and thus mm-hmm. judge all batman stories in any media on dark knight returns which is bad
0: i agree my take on it is and it's the it's it's the easiest shot that i could do at dark knight returns is his 80 80- Punk gang members, his his punk his futuristic punk gang members were cliche in the eighties. They're very cliche now. Like they don't hold up well at all, you know. So, right, but Batman, he's pretty cool in it.
1: <laughs> but like I said, you know, I, I'm all for it. I, I want to see uh, Tom King finish the story that he w- should have finished in his book. I still have with the January solicitations, putting my spreadsheet together. This week, I, I still have January, you know, for January 2020, I got Batman in there, even though it's a new creative team and so forth, and it'll be a creative team that'll probably switch once it gets to uh, issue 100 or 101.
0: What do you, What is your take? Is, it gonna, is there going to be a 101, or are we getting a new number one?
1: I don't know.
0: I'm, I'm calling my shot now. Uh, 999 issue 100. With yep. Like, you know, all the bells and whistles and then a brand new number one with like a big name. Like, I honestly, as much as I like uh, T- it's Tinian, right? James Tinian, the fourth. Yes, sir. James Tinian, the fourth. As much as I like James Tinian, I don't know why in my mind I, he's a he's a place filler until so they can do that re number one. And then you, they're, they're scrambling for a big name for that number one.
1: Right, and the only reason I'm saying that they're not going to do the new number one is because who is that person going to be? Who is that number, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Who is that big talent coming in? They've got less than a year to figure it out.
0: Right. They will. They'll get it all. It'll be Dan Didio. He'll take over.
1: So, speaking about DC books and updating the spreadsheet, uh, this past weekend at the uh, MCM London Comic Con, we had talked about it here, you know, we're like, oh, which Comic-Con would you go to, this, that, the other one. Todd chose what many other people did, and that, they went to the London one because Gary Frank was there. Mm-hmm. Gary Frank, who as of uh, a week, two weeks ago, or actually uh, as of this recording, eight days ago, eight days, says, last page of Doomsday Clock going into the scanner, I can't believe I got there. Do I watch Watchmen, I guess the TV show now, or do I need a complete change of scenery? Uh, So the final issue is 47 pages, uh, not including a little bit of back matter. It is still on the schedule for December 18th. Uh, Now, just because the final issue was sent to the scanner eight days ago, don't mean it's still coming out on time.
0: Well, what, you mean they might make some changes or something, Joe?
1: Well, no one said that. He didn't say that these ones were tough to draw. He did just say he can't believe I, I got there. I can't believe I finished this twelve issue miniseries in over two years. I'm like Gary Frank, but I can't. I can't.
0: I know. I think it's 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 a lock now. I mean, they have if he like if he said he scanned it, they show. I like that that somebody had a picture of him scanning the last page. Um, it was upside down, obviously, so you couldn't see it. but if it's off to them, I don't know how much you could screw it up between now and then. I know you're gonna laugh, but I have a feeling that that's it that's the that's the the business unless something comes along, they have to like change whole pages, which is you know a small possibility but i don't know I'm gonna take gary frank i I think he wants to wash his hands of this project as fast as he can, and if there's anything wrong now. He ain't on the hook. You know what I mean? Like, there's all 47 pages scanned or whatever. He's like, I don't have to do the back matter, which is, you know, uh, is written word and stuff like that. So I'm good to go. Anything happens now, start pointing fingers at other people. He's tired of being, you know, the whipping boy. That's what it is.
1: got five weeks, Mm Todd. It's all good. Five weeks puts us to December 4th. Which is technically when we're going to know if issue 12 is on the diamond shortlist. Right. By the end of the day on the 4th, into the beginning of the day on the 5th, we'll know for sure if that book's coming out on the 18th. Right. And it's going to. A lot can happen in five weeks, Todd. Joe,
0: I'm sure of it this time.
1: No more bets. You've already lost this one.
0: I'm not, I'm not betting. I'm just saying, this time, I know what's happening. There's no way, Joe. Right. No way it can go wrong.
1: Now, since we're still on the DC tip, and we're on uh, Batman, of course, with uh, the previous story, uh, Tony Isabella, famed comic creator of, uh, most notably, Black Lightning, which is still on the CW. Is Black Lightning part of the big Crisis uh, TV crossover thing? I heard it was. I heard it's
0: going to be somehow, and I wouldn't be surprised, spoiler alert, Joe, like when they start combining Earths like they did in Crisis on Infinite Earths, that Black Lightning doesn't get shunted over to uh, Earth 1, if you know what I mean.
1: That'd be uh, an interesting take on things. Mm-hmm. So I guess he was uh, talking on his social media, uh, saying, as in a very Ringo Starr-esque manner, asking people not to invite him to any sort of social media fan pages or groups that have anything to do with Batman. Uh, He says, quote, Don't ask me to join groups or visit your page that have Batman in the title. He was once my favorite hero. Now I consider him one of the most toxic and the ruination of DC Comics. DC hurts their other characters by making Batman the center of their universe. Now, I know Tony Isabella is an older gentleman, and there might be a little bit more discussion on him in a later segment, but was he was he hacked by Rob Liefeld? They were hanging out
0: at New York Comic Con a few weeks ago. Hmm. Maybe he's the one who riled the, the Rob up, Joe. But, no, I listen, I, I know what he's saying, and I think he takes it too far with Toxic and maybe the ruination of DC. But, you know, like like a doomsday clock rob and isabella are right twice a day sometimes it it i look at it as dc does themselves a disservice by pumping out so much batman and at to to the you know the, the chagrin of their other characters like they never get the top bill they never get the moment to shine it's always like even when it is it's it's push it out of the way because we're doing something with Batman. And I think it would, it would help them to get some of those other characters out there. But I understand Batman sells. And at one point comics did become a business, but I don't think it's toxic, but I think it would help to, to, you know, play some of the other cards in your deck occasionally. If you know
1: what I mean, what do you think? I think it's a mistake and it's less Batman. And it's more the Batman universe. And by that, by that, I mean, Batman, Joker, Harley Quinn. Yep. It's not just Batman and it's not just Joker and it's not just Harley Quinn. It's the three of them. There was a time where Marvel hung their hat on Wolverine, much to the detriment of every other character. And it took Marvel a long time to get out of that mindset. And anytime time that they start to give Wolverine that little bit more of a push, the resentment in the fan base starts to build up. And they've seen over years of trying and diminishing returns and diminishing numbers that we can't.
0: Right. It and li- it literally took a bad deal with Fox to make them put Wolverine on the back
1: burner. Right. So, it's smart for them to focus on Batman, because Batman is arguably their most recognizable character, but by making the Batman universe feel as though it's only those three characters, I think is where the problem comes in.
0: I agree. And when I say Batman, like he says Batman too, I think it's because even if you have, we have a couple of Batman and and Harley Quinn projects coming up like this week that uh, on the list of new books, but I'll guarantee you if, you know, Joker is pushing that book, Batman's in there somewhere. You know what I mean? Like they'll, like they'll use Joker. He's the name, but especially with the movie now. But Batman, even even if it's a couple of pages, it's like Wolverine. It's like he's going to be in there or people are at least going to be expecting Batman to be in there because it's a, a Harley Quinn or a, a Joker book. So in the end, it really, to me, comes down to Batman with a side, with a hint of Joker and Harley now. But I, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I was all over Marvel when they did when they did Wolverine, I was tired of seeing him pop up like he doesn't belong in the Avengers he doesn't belong in you know this. they did the same thing to a lesser extent with Punisher and Ghost Rider in the nineties um it's whatever sells they're gonna they're gonna jam down your throat, and I get that but and that's why i you know i try I, I I won't get every bat product that that comes out I'd rather have my flash or Green Lantern and support that stuff so Hopefully, like I said, they'll, they'll go a different way, but they probably won't.
1: Right. We, we talk about this all the time, you know, when it's a you know, I always put these caveats on there to that and when it's a non-event, non-Star Wars, non-whatever, and we could talk about, you know, whatever's going on with the Star Wars line over at Marvel as well, but that's, you know, kind of a not issue. But if it's a non-event, non-Star Wars book, the consistent highest seller at Marvel for the better part of the last five years has been spider-man mm-hmm. you know a new x-men like a new number one will come up but like spider-man's numbers always stay right in the same ballpark and there was a time remember when marvel would do the deal where it'd be normal price for the book 399 but then they would put another book like another full issue of something that was like a lower selling title in there right to give it the rub to give it the rub and they used to do that more so often with spider-man especially like toward the dan slot days when it was like really really selling well that's it it's not selling really really well now but marvel was using that popularity of spider-man to help bolster other books mm-hmm. whereas dc seems to be bolster using the popularity of batman to bolster other batman books
0: Right, doesn't with the occasional oh we have the button crossover with the Flash, maybe that'll give Flash the bump for the month, you know what I mean? But they really don't really do it with with other non-Batman titles, other than like the few that we can think of. And they did the sequel to the Button, which wasn't even uh, wasn't even uh, Tom King; it was the the Flash writer. But yeah, I, I get you. Uh, they don't they they don't they they should. They should try to lift all, like like the rising tide lifts all boats, but it just seems like Batman Lagoons, the only one that ever rises. Right.
1: Um, so, you know, hopefully hopefully with whatever is rumor and innuendoed over at DC results in them spreading things out um, amongst uh, other non-Batman books. Mm-hmm. So, one thing that could have used used some bolstering, I guess, is the ending of the Cloak and Dagger TV show. Right. Uh, The network Freeform has chosen not to green light a third season. So, the filmed episodes for season one and two were done, (laughs) and then they decided to not renew it.
0: Right. And then to throw a monkey wrench into all of it, they're going to appear on an episode of Runaways, Joe. So they don't even get their final episode in their own series. They're
1: going to be on another show, right? Right. Uh, That's what it seems. So I guess a lot of it was, and we don't really talk too, too much about the TV and movie side of things. uh, But it looks as though with the recent uh, promotion of Kevin Feige and Jeff Loeb uh, leaving the Marvel television side, this was one of his projects. Mm-hmm. And with him going, they're just not keeping anything that had his fingerprints on it. Um, I... I would like to think that we might see these characters pop up somewhere again. I know you said that they're going to be in an episode of Runaways sometime soon. Right. But this was uh, definitely an underrated hit. Uh, hit. A def- uh, an underrated surprise. I... So, uh, you know, I know there's tons and tons of things to watch out there. But, you know, this was, you know, very well done, I thought. And I'm kind of sad to see it go. And, you know, you and I being champions of the show, we were uh, inundated with people telling us about this. Not in a sort of ha-ha-ha way, but like, you know, grieving widow sort of way.
0: Right. Have you seen this? This tragedy?
1: Right. And the first couple that came through were like very early in the morning on whatever day it was. So I was very groggy and I couldn't understand. Like... (laughs) <laughs> the messages were all like out of focus mm-hmm. and I need to like get up and get ready for the day, have a cup of coffee. And then I'm like, all right, now let's see if I can focus on this.
0: Right. I just look at it as I I know with the whole Jeff Loeb thing and Feige doing the thing that he's doing and the, like the power struggle that they had. I really think it all comes down to Disney plus happening and they want, they want to, if they're going to do, if they're going to do Marvel comics, TV shows, they're going to be on disney plus and i would say that runaways is not long for hulu you know what i mean well hulu's under their their banner of right. of uh pay for stuff so we'll see i just think maybe that'll all be under one thing i don't i just i don't see like them wanting to have their shows on cable if that makes any sense pay for it cuz you know uh, comic people and star trek people with the cbc cbs you know all access and everything they're like these people are junkies when it comes to that stuff they'll pay for it so let's put it under these labels yeah so were you getting disney plus um i was I, when it, i was thinking about it especially when they were doing that deal but i didn't sign up fast enough um but i think i'm going to take a swing at uh disney plus i'm just not going to be like right out of the gate but I saw the commercials for the Mandalorian and that interested me and there's another like Jim Henson project like thing coming up that I that I'm interested in so I'm not full in but I'm like 85% getting Disney
1: Plus right now uh, how about you no I I probably not just cuz it's a time issue right you know I I can't see you signing up for that Mm-hmm. Um I'll have to check to see if they do more full episodes of some of the cartoons that my kid watches. Right. Maybe get that. Maybe if I have they're not are they doing like a free trial like everything else does? That I don't know. I haven't looked into that. I'll have to see what my schedule looks like around Thanksgiving time. Mm-hmm. And see if the Mandalorian's up in full. Like I don't know, have they said how they're gonna release that? I want
0: to say I have a feeling that they're doing, like they're rolling it out slowly. Like they won't drop them all at once. I think they're going to have a schedule where they're going to drop new stuff out. Like you know what I mean? Almost, almost like network TV. But it's like you get this episode this day and that. Uh, I don't know. I want to see, but there's there's nothing that I've seen that says they're gonna they're gonna drop all like six episodes of Kenobi at the same time.
1: Right, and that's the only thing, of course, is if, you know, we'll see middle of November, maybe middle of December, what my life and schedule looks like, and I might, like, do the free trial and just binge everything, or, you know, we'll see. We ain't, get, we ain't getting that new uh, comp subscription, I'll tell you that much.
0: What? Did you put in for us? Did you call Disney? I should. You should. should. Sure. We're the biggest, you know, lab. We're the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. Joe, did you write that down when you sent vroom, it in? Vroom.
1: You know, I haven't updated our uh, press kit since we've <laughs> uh, dubbed ourselves the Lamborghini of podcast networks and Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. So uh, usually I do that like at the end of the end of the year, leading into the beginning of the new year. Right. So I may have to update that there and then send that out. mm
0: Hmm. Definitely have to do that when I'm trying to get tickets for cons upcoming in 2020.
1: That's right. Yep. Uh, so last story uh, to cover here is an interesting story with a creator that we're both familiar with, uh, Tony Harris, uh, famously of Starman, amongst many other things. But I think you would recognize him most from that. He did the uh, Ex Machina with Brian K. Vaughn as well. Yes?
0: Yes, he did. Underrated. uh stuff of brian cave everything gets the the you know the the rub the other stuff saga and other things but i love ex machina
1: so uh i think this the reason this story came up is because it's one of those things that i want to say ripped from the real world headlines but definitely inspired by events that have been discussed on this podcast mm-hmm. so uh somebody contacted leading cool to let them know um that this person had three art commissions outstanding from Tony Harris, uh, totaled up over the last seven years at a price of $1,200.
0: Right.
1: So, um, this person felt as though he was not getting any satisfaction with dealing with Tony directly, so he decided to get the media, the press on his side, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Tony Harris replied, well, I've been working on this as well as others for a while, but since he doesn't want it, I'll just destroy it.
0: Mm I have
1: spoken with him repeatedly. His money goes back and I'll destroy the paintings. They're very nice paintings uh, from his series, I think, uh, called Round Eye, perhaps. Right, which
0: is a Kickstarter thing, I think, which is kind of where some of that is involved. Some of the yes. people whose owed art were, were tier stuff on Kickstarter and everything like that, which to me is still like, you know, as if you commissioned a piece from somebody. That's a lot of money to have out there. So,
1: but. So, uh, this person goes into the long and storied history over the last seven years of them attempting to reach out to Tony uh, to get this. Uh, essentially saying that he would be emailed, uh, contacted them, said he'd be emailed back in two days. Um, $1,200 for the commissions, $400 through the Kickstarter. Um, and then that continues where Tony had maybe posted up some arts of the, of the stuff that he was working on
0: mm-hmm.
1: more recently, maybe within the last year or so. And then the person uh, says further, I know that as of January of this year, uh, Tony has a new tattoo on his right hand that is not visible in the current shot that he has posted. Right. I don't want to cause that much trouble, but it's been over seven years and I just want my money back. And apparently the story worked. Um, Within hours of running the article on Bleeding Cool, the person received uh, all of his money back. From Tony Harris. Good for him. So Good. you hate to see something like this happen. And I'm glad that hasn't had to happen to anyone else that I know.
0: What? I've had some trouble in the past, Joe.
1: I'm just and glad all your troubles are so far away, Todd.
0: They are actually over. All all my art. I'm, as I've said before on shows, uh, a, a couple. I forget when it was exactly. I'm not owed any art other than one piece from an artist who who told me that it would be sometime in early 2020 because it was part of a Kickstarter Indiegogo thing. But man, I I'm on some of those Facebook pages where it's like, you know, the art, people talk about art, how much it costs, like what people's commissions and sketch prices are at shows and everything. And I, and I love that, but I actually found one of beware of these artists and this story was in there and other stories. And like, I get, it It could be an, a nightmare sometimes and i feel bad for this guy he got his money back uh i tony has been off the deep end for a little while now like seeing you know like him stop talk about people on talking about him online and this kind of thing um but me interacting with shows and i got a sketch in my sketchbook of a uh, star man off him years ago for a i, I got i gave him a a skull and crossbones patch. He was like, anybody who brings me a skull and crossbones patch for my, for my bag back, you know, years ago, I'll get a free sketch. I brought him a sketch. He was nothing but nice. But even back then, the whispers were, don't give him any money for like, if he's not going to give it to you at the show, don't, don't mess with him. And I stayed away from him because of that. Cause I always wanted something. Um, and like I said, I've had troubles with other artists and grinding it out is tough sometimes. Cause you come down to, they have my money uh so ask for a refund or do you want the art but if you're mean you might not get either of those you know what i mean like you're in a weird place when they have you you know they have you held up for ransom and he went for it but he did the smart thing he went to to bleeding cool and he's like you know what if i'm gonna get boned everybody's gonna know about it and that's your best bet if you have these long outstanding uh you know art things that you're owed or you could just wait it out and get all your stuff like I did. So
1: it's either way is good. Either way is good. <laughs> right. But yes, I think it was at that Baltimore Comic Con right before uh, my kid was born that uh, you had that interact with Tony Harris that went swimmingly.
0: Yes, swimmingly. But then again, it was a cheap little fast sketch. You know what I mean? Yep. It wasn't like what these, pieces of, uh, these painted pieces of artwork are. You know? It wasn't like, hundreds
1: of dollars worth of stuff, yes.
0: Right, which would take days to do either
1: way. You know what I mean? It's not like he could pump it out at the show exactly so but i just wanted to mention that of course so you the listeners can hear how sometimes these things go wrong and todd could regale us with his tale of how sometimes (laughs) things go right Mm -hmm. so uh conventions this weekend speaking of uh ways that you could interact with your favorite uh creators uh, a couple comic book conventions this weekend the albany comic and toy show in albany new york uh Steve Orlando and Fred Hembeck are going to be there. The Supernova Comic and Gaming Convention uh, in Adelaide, Australia. Mm-hmm. John Travolta and Eric Powell are going to be there. I only bring this one up because Eric Powell was at that Hawaii convention last week. Mm-hmm. And he's at the Australia convention uh, this weekend. Nothing is better than be able to travel in the world on a convention's dime
0: well it's the 25th anniversary of goon
1: oh it is
0: yeah i forget or whatever anniversary it is because when i got when i went to new york uh the bassist wanted something from him because it was the anniversary or something like that so he's doing a tour promoting goon so that's what it is and he has like a book signings and stuff like that so he knows what he's doing
1: good on eric powell Right, I just I just don't see him go to any, like, cold weather climates. It's all international and tropical locations.
0: Well, once it gets really hot, then he'll move it to, like, the cool areas.
1: Right, he'll do Greenland Con or something.
0: That's right, he'll be up in Toronto and stuff like that.
1: Yes. Uh, and also this weekend is the Akron Comic Con. Uh, Bob McLeod, Ron Friends, and the aforementioned Tony Isabella are going to be there and uh, if you're in the lovely Akron area, AIW is having their 200th wrestling show this Saturday.
0: Ooh, Rookie uh, with, Wrestling Hits 200.
1: hmm with special guest, uh, the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. Ooh. So, you know, if you're in the uh, greater Akron area and you're going to the AIW show, there's a comic book convention. If you're going to the comic book convention, there's going to be a really fun wrestling show there.
0: You got your comic show in my wrestling. You
1: got your wrestling in my comic show. I, I promote my friends. I like uh, to push what they're up to, you know. There you go. And uh, the links to these conventions, of course, will be in the show notes. And uh, also will be the links to the soon-to-be-named network at soon-to-be-namednetwork.com, soon to be network com, where all the shows in our little network, our grouping of like-minded individuals, anytime their podcasts go up, it goes up there. If you're not subscribed to the individual's Feeds or websites or otherwise, whether it be this show, whether it be Long Box Heroes After Dark, whether it be Profane Arguments, whether it be Wednesday Night Wars, whether it be Final Wrestling Place, at odds with wrestling Puzzle Warriors Three. I'm on Puzzle Warriors Three again this week. Wow! And I mention it here. (laughs) The guest host who brings in the least amount of downloads and the least amount of interaction on social media is back, baby. Oh, my goodness. <laughs>
0: you're the, you're the, the writing Dan Didio of podcasts.
1: Yes. And uh, Adam and I uh, from add with with Wrestling were on Friends of the Show Pod Van Dam this past week. I didn't put it up on the site. I might. I don't know. I feel a little weird about it. It was kind of uh, not their atypical show. But uh, legally, <laughs> someone from the network was on another podcast. I'm supposed to put it up on the site. I just haven't done so yet. Gotcha. Let's say it's because they were moving from Potomatic to Libsyn. That's the reason why I move. I, You know, I did what I did.
0: Right. That's what it was.
1: Yep. Let's say that's the reason why. Which means I, it reminds me i got to update my RSS feeds. Uh, so, like I said, soon to be network.com, soon to be network.tumblr.com, and I forgot to do so last week, so I have to make a note for myself here. Um, I had stated that Jason Kirk, uh, formerly of Podvocacy, uh, Wrestling on the Edge of Forever, Everlasting Minute, the Willy Wonka minute-by-minute podcast that he did with David Kincannon, who made the fancy music you'll hear sometimes on this show and the other shows in the network. I said, until Jason comes back to Twitter, I'm going to reveal his email address, character by character. So I forgot last week, so this week you get two characters, and that would be RK. Ooh. All right. Uh, So moving on to digital sales and freebies. uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this. I could really spend maybe about an hour or two on this. (laughs) But... I'm starting to get frustrated with comiXology because usually you go to comiXology and it pops right up. It's like, oh, here's this scrolling bar and, like, here's fancy graphics for all the sales that you have going on and they ain't doing that no more. Someone over there is getting lazy with their coding and it's making me upset. So I have to, like, wait for the email to come out and then even when the email comes out you click the links in the emails there's no, like, fancy header. It just says featured sale. So, you know what I mean? Like, every studio is having some sort of Halloween or horror-themed sale. Uh, Marvel Zombies sale, uh, DC Halloween sale, Boom Horror sale, Dynamite Horror sale, Image Horror sale, uh, Fantagraphics Horror sale, IDW Horror sale. Horror, horror, horror on sale. Wonder why? (laughs) Because it's the witching uh, season.
0: There you go. Witch season?
1: Yes, it's this season. Oh. And I would be remiss to mention while Marvel has not updated their freebies in quite some time, DC has added uh, one from last month when they did the, you know, Batman Day, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, when you go get it at the comic book shop and it's like the Batman Day branding on it. But, hey, if you're interested in that Batman Who Laughs special that tied into Dark Knight's metal, that that's for free. And uh, as you're listening to this... You know, uh, today is Halloween Comic Fest, a.k.a. Fake Free Comic Book Day. Ah. And DC's offering for that, uh, that deceased miniseries, the first issue of it, with Halloween branding on it, is free up on the website, and it's been free up on the website for like two weeks, and nobody knew about it. So, <laughs> I don't know, it's in the show notes. If you want to <laughs> wow. check that out. It's still an ongoing miniseries, but the first issue's up for free. And if you don't care if it says... Co- halloween comic fest on the on the book then i guess you know it's a free comic book it's all in the show notes
0: sounds like fun
1: yep so uh i'm doing my best to try to keep up with this sort of thing you know right i Sales can feel the freebies and whatnots.
0: i can feel the frustration flowing out of you yeah i don't oh, like change tough. man Oh, don't get me started
1: oh <laughs> uh, i have to laugh i don't typically do this. This is akin to being distracted by a discord when you're recording your podcast, which we don't do. But I have to give a shout out. You know, people uh, tweet something out and they'll say like, oh, like share a picture of you and a celebrity or like, what's a thing that you did? And like people will quote tweet the things, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, famous professional wrestler Travis Banks uh, from the NXT UK tweeted out what is the best piece of advice you have ever received? I don't follow Travis Banks, but this was quote tweeted on my timeline because I would say power listener to the show, the Roomba said the greatest piece of advice he ever received was remember be a faucet, not a drain. Boop. Yep. (laughs) So there you could pinpoint the exact moment that the show is being recorded.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. That should be on a shirt or something. It should be. Mm -hmm.
1: So let's get into what we read from this past week, sir. Where would you like to begin?
0: Um, With the book I believe only I read. I don't think you read it, right? was Swamp Thing, the giant Swamp Thing number one, the new one. Nah, I didn't read that. Gotcha. It has two brand new stories in it, and then some like the reprinted stuff. Um, The first one is a story by uh, Mark Russell, and art by Marco Santucci, Um, and it's basically... The Swamp Thing destroying various uh, Sunderland uh, foods processing plants because they are making seeds. They're like called these terminus seeds. And I actually watched a special on it. It's pretty interesting about how they're genetically creating these seeds that the farmers have to buy. And within a certain – like they have a time limit on them. After a certain amount, they make themselves sterile. So you have to buy more from these people and there's like a whole bunch of weird like things that they're doing just to to you know to to hurt the farmers so they have to keep giving them more money and swamp things like this is going to do this to the green this is going to do that to, to the you know the ecosystem and he ends up going on about it and he ends up having a couple of allies that he's talking to and uh, like how we should do it and how he has like this great he wants to quit because he has this anger and hatred welling up inside him. And he has to keep expelling it through a series of of things that he's doing. And the Sunderland Corporation believes like, well, we need to take him down. And they end up using one of his allies to get near him. And then something happens. that has the classic horror trick ending, which I don't want to give too much away, but it was really good. I have to give uh, Mark Russell, who does a lot of like comedy stuff. He nailed it with the horror Um, though there was a couple of times that he slid in some Mark Russell jokes that I'm kind of like, eh, like kind of maybe leave those out of like your horror story, but otherwise he, he like he, you know, he ended it well and the art was beautiful and I love Swamp Thing. So I really, I really enjoyed that story. And then there was another story by Andrew Constant and art by Tom Mandrake, who I love about uh Swamp Thing avenging, a murder in the swamp to like a friend of his, an old lady who was nothing that nice to him, even though he was, you know, a hideous monster. And he ends up like, you know, doing the whole thing where he ends up bringing the ghost together with the, with the murder. And he's like, you, you, she's a nice person, but she gets to decide now. And the way it goes and you know, the ending, it was another good horror story and Mandrake's art always was good like from back in the specter and everything like that does well in like these kind of stories. Um, I got it because it was Mark Russell and I'm glad I did, but it's one of those books that I'm not sure now who's going to be doing the next one. So I don't know if I'll be getting the swamp thing. Number two, it's going to be as I see creative uh, people and the backstories were, were kind of fun too, but I've read most of them. There was a Paul Dini one, uh, one by the last, Swamp Thing story Len Wein ever wrote with a, with a Kelly Jones on art. But like I said, this is a, a niche thing for me. But if you like Swamp Thing, I'd I say pick it up.
1: So are you happier now that you can get these from the comic book shop instead of having to run back and side deals with all sorts of unsavory characters who work stock rooms at Walmarts? Yes,
0: I'm very glad. I just wish that they would announce the creative teams in advance so I could order them. Mm-hmm. Like right now I literally just have to pick them up off the rack, which I do anyway. Right. But I I would try to give my, my retailer a little help with, I want these, I want it because it's a book that I might want this month and not want next month. And that's when I don't like playing games. If I'm buying Action all the time, then his numbers will reflect when he goes over his cycle sheets that somebody's buying action. But if next month it's a creators that I don't like, I'm not buying Swamp Thing. I'll gr- I'll buy the Flash one every month, so I won't have to tell him about that. You know, just because it's you know Flash, but it it makes it weird. I hate having to figure out and going on websites and waiting till the day it comes out whether or not I'm buying a book. It's just ridiculous as far as I'm concerned. And I did not know that Walmart and the retailers have two different covers.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yep. Because the flash book that I have, I ended up bu- buying it by mistake at Walmart when, you know, it comes out at the, at our comic shop. And I was like, oh, well uh, maybe I'll just pick it up. I'm like, wait, this one's different. No, wait, the insides are the same, but the covers are different. So Walmart gets their own uh, variant cover.
1: Yep, so I- Cause I was uh, just double checking here with you um, on the January solicitation since I had them for all my spreadsheets it's yeah there's a batman giant a crisis on infinite earth giant a dc superhero girls giant and teen titans go giant for the month of january and all of them have no creative team solicited it just says includes new stories plus reprints exactly and that's no think... way to be able to order comics friends
0: i agree i think that's a terrible business move
1: uh so was it a better business move when that was the way they were doing it through walmart's I, I, we went over this. I did not like them
0: being exclusive
1: to Walmart. No, no, but I, what I'm saying is I, I know that you didn't like them being exclusive to the Walmart, but what was it a more palpable purchase when you got it from Walmart not knowing who the creative teams were ahead of time? But
0: we knew who the creative teams were ahead of time because... They oh, were that's
1: the, right. So this is... Okay, yes, yes, because we knew that it, like the main story would be... Brian like, Michael Bendis, Bendis on, on Batman and Tom, Tom King, King on,
0: on exactly Exactly. Every, everything was announced beforehand. And pretty much whoever was on the, the main story, what, what I didn't like it was it was only eight pages of new stuff. This is way more for four ninety nine. was you would get, like, they told you straight up, For 12 issues, it's going to be Tom King. For 12 issues, it's going to be uh, Brian Michael Bendis. The Flash was different because then they ended up only having a couple issues before they switched over to the thing. It was all Gail Simone. So it was like, I know what I'm doing on these. Now it's a shot in the dark on whether or not, you know, like do I want want those crisis books? I kind of do, but like if they're terrible, it would take a terrible creator for me to not get them. And I think that puts not so much even me, a fan, in a bad position – it puts a, a retail like like suppose the next one and I'm I'm going really out in the wind. Suppose the next swamp thing has a brand new Alan Moore story in it, but you know they don't tell anybody. Like I would order a few more of
1: those. You know, right. right, that's true. That's true.
0: So it's it's it stinks as far as I'm concerned. Like as a business practice, that's what I mean.
1: So I'm just looking here to see if I can get any additional information. DC's website, as we've kind of discussed here, has been kind of slipshod lately. mm Hmm. Uh, where the this week's ghosts giant uh, whatever whatever
0: right. has
1: no information, and then next week's Teen Titans Go one also has no information.
0: Right, which is ludicrous.
1: Right, right. Poor form, DC. Poor form. Yep. And again, it, you know, obviously, it, it hurts the retailer more than it hurts the, the the reader. Right, because the retailer doesn't know what to stock. Exactly. And then even the cover just says, like, what characters are going to be in it. You know, it doesn't give you any like, other information.
0: Like most comic covers have the writer and artist on the covers.
1: Yes, these have nothing, nothing as such. It's about, that's a bummer. So uh, a book that doesn't do that is criminal. <laughs> it's always going to be the same creative team, and you always know people are going to make bad decisions. Ed Brubaker and uh, Sean Phillips are your uh, creative team. And the bad decision is you if you're not buying this book. Hmm. So we get um, Teague's son, Ricky, and a character that hasn't been around since like the very, very, very beginnings of this book, like 10 plus years ago, are staking out the local arcade to rob it. And Ricky starts to play a little fast and loose with the plan. Leo wants to stick to the plan. They don't feel it's enough money. And then they do what I've dreamt many a times myself. No spoilers, but they steal the Miss Pac-Man machine. <laughs> so while this in and of itself is a self-contained story, it is a larger part of the huge ongoing story currently in criminal and also the overarching entire run of criminal. Right. I love these stories where Brubaker puts you into the mind or the thought process or the words or whatever of the person who is doing the crime, mm-hmm. how they're staking things out, what they're looking for, what they're making sure, how they're figuring out passcodes, timing things out, you know?
0: Right. How far away are we from a police station? Blah, blah, blah. Like
1: I love it... all that sort of stuff. Love, love, love it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so
1: yeah um obviously you know not to spoil things of course things don't go as planned because there's definitely not enough money and how they end up getting away spoilers of course uh i thought was pretty funny as well this is a great issue of criminal a a great like one-off too like i said it's it's part of a bigger story but you could hand this to someone and they get a beginning middle and end
0: right that being said, it's probably my least favorite of the criminal issues th- of this new run.
1: Really? Because
0: I, f- I found the, 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 the crime interesting, but Ricky going off, I'm like, okay, Ricky's a wild card, so he's going to do what he does. But I found, like, Leo and Leo, like, discussing his life and with his father. And, how, like, he was, of all the characters of, like, uh, Ricky's father and the girlfriend Ricky's father has and all these characters... Leo is the least interesting character to me. So as we were going, I'm like, ah, like, oh, my father's thinking about he's a part of this big heist and he's off in the ozone because he's always thinking about like there's a lot of tragedy around these other characters and Leo's life is the most normal. Out of all of them, if that makes any sense. So really the, the the hook for me on this is the crime. Now, that being said, I don't want like to say that cr- this was a bad book. Like Criminal, even like Only Really Good, is like the best book on the market. <laughs> so that is. But being said, I, I thought this was a lull in the story, if that makes any sense. Like, But I didn't hate the issue. I don't want anybody to think that. It's, it's great, but my least favorite of the run.
1: Yeah, I, I would say, you know, it's the reintroduction of a character that hasn't been around for 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. So it certainly means something. This character has been reintroduced for a reason. So well, while I, this may not have lit your world on fire, this story is being told for a reason.
0: Oh, I have no doubt that the ramifications of what they do with certain objects that they get rid of and stuff like that, like this is all going to like come back to bite somebody. You know what I mean? Because it always does. And that's fine. I'm going to let this book r- run its course. I, like At no point would I even think about running away from this book. I'm looking forward to the next issue knowing that, you know, it's, it's going to be great. So that's all.
1: Yes, indeed. So that's what we've read from this past week. Uh, let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com. Every Tuesday around 5.30 Eastern time or so, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, however it is that you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out. And uh, Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, The Gap is where it was. Todd is in the lead with seven correct guesses. There's only about 10 weeks left in the year. So we'll see how this goes.
0: Yes. So I'm looking over your books and I go first. Is the book you're looking forward to most joke killer smile? Number one.
1: Did you say joke?
0: Joker killer. Smile. Okay.
1: Joker one. killer smile. Number one is the book I'm most looking forward to coming out this week. That is correct. Cool beans. Uh, it's by the creative team to Gideon falls. I love Jeff Lemire's stuff. And even though earlier in the show we were kind of poo-pooing on all the Batman, Joker, <laughs> Harley Quinn-related stuff, yep. um, I like Jeff Lemire, so I'll be here for this.
0: Oh, that's a great, that's, that's a great uh, catchphrase. From If you like Jeff Lemire, you should be here. There mm-hmm. you go. Put it on every book he writes.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Right. So looking over your list, I think the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week is harleen number two
0: it is not oh it is sandman universe presents hellblazer number one the return of john constantine to the black i mean vertigo well soon to be black label universe maybe he has that dark edge again not you know fighting alongside the superheroes
1: written by simon spurrier all right all right Fair enough. You know your business. I know my business. Yeah, I just know that you like that Harleen thing so much. That's why I went with that, you know?
0: I did. I'm looking to see, like, how if they put the teeth back on John Constantine. You know what I mean? Like, they when they brought him out of the vertigo, like, me and Matt were big fans. Like, I bought all 300 issues, mm-hmm. and I did not like when he became, like, part of Justice League Dark, which is so not the John character. And, like, they're, I guess they're bringing him back to London. Like, that's where he belongs, as far as I'm concerned. In, the, in the, like, a suggested-for-mature-readers, like, environment, if you will.
1: Right. So, uh, in between moving on to some of the other stuff on the website, uh, I want to bring up here about the uh, ESPN uh, Longbox Heroes Pigskin Pick'ems. Yep. We forgot the last couple weeks, and I may have forgot to do my picks until about the second quarter of the Thursday night game. Right. Uh, I am only fifth from the bottom of people who have (laughs) uh, given up on on this altogether. (laughs) And uh, I don't know who Quinn's hammer is, but shout out to you. You're in first place. You got two folks nipping at your heels, but uh, more power to you. And Todd, I see you in the top ten.
0: Yep, I'm I'm climbing, Joe. I'm climbing. Mm-hmm. I'm as gamblers say, I'm grinding it out, Joe.
1: I'm gonna do my picks right now. I'm just gonna do the autofill picks. Mm,
0: popular or f- are you feeling lucky?
1: I'm feeling lucky. Yeah, I'm not even reviewing my picks. I'm just doing it.
0: I know. I'm just, just curious because there's two buttons. That's why. Oh,
1: you gotta you gotta put the you gotta put the uh, the victory in though,
0: like uh, the points. There you go.
1: So that's put- done. For Me, yeah. I'm gonna win this week. You'll see.
0: You might have an undefeated week,
1: highly, highly, highly unlikely, sir.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, again, I only throw that out there, um, you know, to remind other folks like myself who forgot. But while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff that we have over there, uh, such things as past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark. The 2017 Smash Sensation, Todd and Joe Have Issues. You could also check out our store to get stickers, pins, or shirts with our fancy logo on them. If you want even more fancy logos, whether it be inspired by this show, inspired by add with Wrestling, inspired by the soon-to-be-named network, or with dumb things that we've said on any of these shows, be sure to check out our T-Public page as well, where you could get some of those uh, designs, not just on shirts, but on a variety of products. I think I opted out of the uh the flannel throws or the fleece throws or whatever it was.
0: But we love to fleece people.
1: And then you're thinking of a different <laughs> podcast. Oh, okay. Uh you can also help us out, of course, by subscribing to our Patreon. Uh dollar a month is a very special thanks. And at least for the next four or so weeks, it's going to be uh, episodes of the podcast that <laughs> Todd and I did with our good buddy DJ back in 2009. $5 a month is going to get you uh, early access to the long box series after dark, usually about two days before everybody else. Uh, we are working on some things to fill in those gaps and hopefully being able to add some more things as we go toward 2020. Uh, mm. But, The most popular way that I would say that people help us out is our Amazon click-through. You can head over to longboxheroes.com. The banner across the top of the page takes you to Amazon. It's an extra step, sure, but it gives us what they call an advertising fee. And they, I mean, by Jeff Bezos himself. He writes me on a weekly basis, thanks me personally, (laughs) that's the only time me personally works, in a podcast setting, for directing people to his Outlaw Mud Show website, amazon.com. Uh, some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week are someone purchased a uh, a knit hat for the winter that has the Canadian flag on it. Uh, they are calling it, the description, a palm beanie hat. Uh, other acceptable words for those are toboggan and goopalene.
0: I thought a toque. Was also another acceptable word. Pook
1: is also acceptable, yes.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Somebody also purchased a skeleton antique gold walking cane. Uh, I would Mm. like to think that's the person who is uh, going for Halloween as Dolomite. More on Dolomite (laughs) if you listen to After Dark this week.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Somebody also purchased a Power Rangers Lightning Collection Lord Dracon action figure. And I don't know what that is, any of those words. And uh, someone also pre-ordered the upcoming Luigi's Mansion 3 game for the Nintendo Switch, which uh, breaks Nintendo's schedule. Their games typically come out on Fridays to coincide with Halloween. This game is coming out on a Thursday Halloween, and I think you can play as Gooigi in this game, (gasps) which is a goo form of Luigi.
0: I like it. I like it. I like the fact that... Luigi's getting some top bill there too on a video game. So yeah,
1: Luigi's top notch, man. I'm always Luigi. I I choose Luigi on purpose. Except I do in too. Mario too. I don't like that wacky jumper that he does. Oh, okay. His legs go all aflutter and it messes up my uh my descent. Anywho.
0: Right. Your timing, if you will.
1: That's right. Uh thanks everyone. For any of the purchases through the uh Amazon click through anyone who's purchased shirts. Stickers, pins, or otherwise, or anyone who is and has become a Patreon since we have started this whole thing. Todd, do we have any art attacks this week?
0: We do. T-Bolt 712 sent in. He said this. He said, hey, Todd Zartak, at this year's Baltimore Comic-Con, I was able to add this beautiful head sketch of, I think it's autocorrect changed uh, Bargain Basement to Azrael, uh, Batman by the Monster Man, um, who's actually Mike Manley, uh, to my sketchbook. I have a huge soft spot for Nightfall, so this sketch is a real treat. Thanks again, Mike. And it's a nice uh Bargain Basement, Batman sketch, and it looks like to me, like if Batman the Animated Series had sullied itself with Nightfall, that this is what the character would have looked like, if you know what I mean. So we have that and also I sent one in, a Stilitic Stiletta commission by Mark Techera. She's she first appeared in Hex number one and has only made sixteen comic appearances in total. And one of those was her Who's Who entry, but I always loved the character and wanted a piece done by the person who created her. So I think he did a beautiful job. I love the shading that he does in his artwork and it goes beautiful with my uh hex piece that he did of the futuristic hex so my jo- my Jonah hex collection is slowly filling up of the pieces that I want. I have a diabolical plan to to do certain pieces and we're on our way to getting all those, Joe.
1: So, I was going to say um you need better you be, you need better social media skills and that you should have tagged mark texera in the uh tweet mm-hmm. but then i see that mark texera hasn't tweeted in three and a half years yep With with his last tweet being apologies for not attending eternal con this weekend i foot hurt
0: yes that's a great tweet um and uh just so people know mark texera the artist and mark texera the baseball player are two separate people i think that darn fancy gentleman trying to confuse people with baseball players.
1: He's always up to no good. That's fancy gentleman.
0: That is true.
1: Mm -hmm. So that's that. And I think that's it for the main part of the show. Now it's just time to talk about flash from this past week. Yes. Yeah.
0: And I'm going to give you a little rundown on arrow too.
1: Oh yes, yes, yes. So anyone who hasn't watched The Flash from last week, uh, you know, we record when the newest episode is on, so we're always a week behind on Flash. Hopefully giving you some additional time to get caught up on these sort of things, but if you don't, that's okay, too. Uh, We bid you adieu, thank you very much for listening to episode 474 of Longbox Heroes, and uh, we'll take like a two-second break here and we'll get into Flash talk. So are you sticking with uh, Batwoman and uh, Watchmen?
0: Yes, I have not watched Batwoman this week because I wasn't, I was going to do it if it was in the email today, but I did watch Watchmen and uh, once again, stuff's going on and I'm, I'm loving Watchmen, loving it. So I do have to watch Batwoman, but uh, I'm I'm all in on Watchmen.
1: Gotcha. I watched my name, uh, Dolomite is my name. Mm-hmm. That, that,
0: you
1: know. That seemed more appeas- appealing to me.
0: Hey, whatever's you know, yeah, whatever you need to do to get through the day,
1: Joe. I need I need to figure things out. I canceled another podcast appearance because it would have uh, required me to watch a three hour wrestling pay per view. Granted, it's probably one that I know from memory because it's <laughs> an ECW show, right? But it was the time to watch the pay per view and then time to record the podcast. I was doing the the math in my head. And I'm just like, what am I going to have time to do any of this?
0: Yeah, if they had asked me, they would have said, we have, we need you to watch a three hour. Re- uh, no, thank you. We're good. So. Ugh. Three hours.
1: Ugh. All right. So flash this week, this was a very busy episode of the flash. Right. I feel this week everyone had too much to do. What? So uh Barry is uh preparing for the future that he knows that is inevitable which is he does need to sacrifice himself to save everyone the, from the impending crisis. And in typical Barry fashion, he was attempting to hide this information from <laughs> everyone, but he yep. lasted the entire episode before he broke down and told everyone what was going on. Thank God uh lots and lots of dark matter talk um maybe a little bit too much killer frost for me what she's finally getting her own life and now they're gonna take it away from her well it certainly feels like they're front loading a lot of killer frost here the first half of the season this seemed maybe telegraphing uh a little bit much uh maybe the first person ever to break out of the prison that they have underneath uh star labs yes so that was kind of a big moment, but the biggest moment of the show is the introduction to yet another of the many, many faces and accents of Harry Wells. Right. And
0: we meet Ralph's mom.
1: Uh, the, the Ralph's mom felt like it was the seventh story down this week.
0: What? But she told she told Ralph that every man she's ever da- dated died, and he bought it hook, line, and sinker. World's greatest detective joke.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I was in, but the Ralph stuff wasn't uh, wasn't playing to me, dog. Right. Um,
0: but go ahead on the Harry West.
1: Uh... Yeah, the the, the, the Harry Wells stuff. So his name has been in the credits. Tom Cavanaugh's mm-hmm. name has been in the credits of every episode of this season, the so far this season. Mm-hmm. So I've been like poised, waiting for him to show up, right? And he hasn't mm-hmm. shown up the previous two episodes. So when he shows up here as some sort of Indiana Jones-esque swashbuckling, using kind of sort of his own natural voice, I would assume. Because, like, when he was normal, Harrison Wells, he was kind of putting, like, an effect on his voice. Right. But he seemed to be talking like a normal person. Mm -hmm. But if he uh, encounters Cisco and Caitlin in the alleyway, And he was attracted to them because he was picking up readings of something. Wasn't it Iris, though? Iris. My apologies. Iris. Okay. So he thinks it's coming from her, but it's more so from the alley. This is the most interesting stuff that happened on the show this week. Everything else just felt as though we're kind of laterally moving pieces until we get to the Crisis crossover. Right.
0: Even though, like the blood work guy who's trying to cure diseases, he like at least Barry didn't fall for his garbage hook, line, and sinker. Um, yeah, he, like I was, I was like, oh please, don't be gullible, Barry. And then in the end, he was like, oh, put it back, you know. But I'm with you, and I'm I'm interested to see where Harry goes. Though I do know some stuff about Harry that was spoiled, like through news sites. That you're you're lucky. Like I was watching too, waiting for Harry, and uh, this kind of this kind of was like, oh okay, you know, he's here. But I don't want to say too much, so...
1: Kayfabe, bro.
0: Yep. Indiana Wells works out, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yep. But I, I like the episode, but it just feels as though we're kind of in a holding pattern.
0: Right, until the date on the newspaper.
1: Yeah. yeah. But. So, what's going on over on Arrow?
0: All right, so since last episode... Earth 2 got destroyed and Diggle and uh, Ollie come back, but they bring along Laura Lance from Earth 2. She doesn't believe that the Earth 2 is gone. She's like, you have no proof. Maybe the rest of the Earth there, but what we saw, you know, was just this small area. She goes off and she sees the scientist and – he basically confirms it's gone. The whole universe is gone. And she's like, okay. Which was very interesting to see somebody like, you don't get to see the fallout from that. Usually it's like, Oh, the universe is gone. Let's move on. And she's like, everybody knew is dead and gone. And so that was kind of cool. And the monitor tells Ollie, the reason earth two was destroyed was because you, you brought people involved. If you had just done what I said, that probably wouldn't happen. But now that you're here, we're on Earth One again, your own Earth. Go and get me this scientist, and he goes and gets the scientist. And through a series of events, he finds out that he's doing a, making a, a virus that was er- in earlier seasons. And Katana shows up, who was in earlier seasons, and she says, like, "Hey, I'm here to stop all this." And Ollie lets go some of the stuff about the monitor, and she goes. This person, and she gives his real name, which they gave back last year. She goes, yeah, like, I know an ancient order who knows something about this. And, well, why would he want a scientist who's creating this virus, this deadly virus? She goes, you should ask some questions. And he goes, okay, I'm going to. She goes, but my order doesn't know much more. And she he goes, I know somebody else, this uh, Nanda Parbat, which is where the League of Assassins, who were all through his series, comes from. He goes, they'll know about it. If your cult knows about it, Mayan will know about it. And he's going to go see them. And he goes, and we'll sit on this scientist because I don't trust the monitor yet. And in the end, they're like, okay. But Diggle's wife, who runs basically everything that Amanda Waller did when they killed her off years ago because of the Suicide Squad movie, couldn't have two Amanda Wallers. Um, She ends up, you find out that she's in cahoots With the monitor and she ends up going yep I'll bring you the scientist and he's like Good you can't let Ollie know so we're Trying to figure out like who now The monitor has other agents uh, On it and Ollie's Going to look into it that's everything that And there's future people stuff That still nobody cares About so If you have any questions I'll gladly field them now
1: So it feels as though Arrow is the show that you should Be watching for all of this
0: For the monitor stuff, yes, because there's only ten episodes, and they even said last week he's going to be an agent of the monitor, and it's going to lead right into the crisis. And that was the show that kicked off the Arrow universe. Like it's called the Arrow universe, you know what I mean? Yeah. So TV universe or whatever you want to call it. So this it all comes, you know, to this. But like I said, you I think you would be like if you tried to watch Arrow, you'd be completely lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially like you'd be bored to tears when they go to, to 20 whatever it is 40 or whatever and all all these like kids are grown up and even i'm I'm like yawning i'm like how is this all going to weave back in other than they're all going to help fight the crisis i just don't care so like half a show is just wasted if you're if you're looking for crisis on infinite or stuff but i'll keep you uh informed as things go on
1: right so it looks as though the event is going to be, begin December 8th. It goes Supergirl, Batwoman, Flash, and then... So those are the first three parts, right? hmm And then it takes a month off where, when all the shows come back after the new year, the second week of January are parts four and five, which are Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow.
0: Hmm. That's interesting. I thought there'd be more. I thought it'd be bigger. You know what I mean?
1: I thought so, too.
0: I mean, that is what? That's like five or six hours of TV. Yes. So I thought they might do two episodes of
1: each. You know what I mean? But. That's what I thought too, but it seems as though there's a lot more, just looking at the episode titles for Flash episodes, mm-hmm. it looks as though everything is really Flash self-contained up until like the week before the crossover happens.
0: And then everything's just going to come crashing down into each other. Yes. Oh, well. I'm going to watch it all, So except for Supergirl, until we get to the crossover. That's the one. And did you hear that they're looking to, to push a uh, Superman show now?
1: Yeah, I saw something come up that said it was going to be, like, um, a Superman and Lois show is in development. Right, with the actress and actor, the
0: actor and actress who played Superman on the on the Supergirl episodes and the crossovers and stuff. And I'm wondering that, like, again, if, like, Supergirl's Earth, because that's Earth 33 or whatever, or 38, because that's the year Superman was, was created, was 1938. That's why the Earth is that number is if they're going to merge it so we can have all the people on the same Earth. And you can have Superman team up with, and we don't need to breach, and we don't need to, you know what I mean? I, I, I'm really hoping that they do that so we can have all these heroes you know, on the same Earth. It's we'll going to
1: be interesting to see how they they handle out anything. And again, it just talks of a Superman show, so who knows. I thought it was interesting that they were calling it Superman and Lois with the news story we talked about last week with right. them getting rid of the Clark Kent identity.
0: Well, that's interesting. I'm wondering if that flows backwards because remember when he he was getting married in the comic because he was getting married on the show? That's right, the and they went- had to
1: delay the comic right. because they were delaying it on the TV show. It had to line up with that.
0: Right. So, I I mean, I'm wondering if they're like, well, we want, like, that's something they're doing in the show. So, like, Brian Michael Bendis has to go, well, that's what I'm doing in the comic. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, th- sometimes creators don't tell the whole truth, Joe.
1: Oh, boy. Not touching oh. that one. So is that it for this week? That is. We don't have any other shows to talk about. Yeah, I could tick everything off my, uh, my text document here. Mm-hmm. Tell everyone thank you very much for listening to episode 474 of Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying we'll see you all here next week.
0: Remember, be a faucet, not a drain.